Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job on Blue Wire. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and today I am so excited to be joined by the co-founder and executive director of the Winning Edge Leadership Academy, Kareen Millian. Kareen is a social entrepreneur who has a passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So make sure to listen in. You guys are going to love it. We are brought to you today by Favor Apple Cider Vinegar. And with that, let's get to it, fangirls. Kareen, thank you so much for joining me today for today's Get My Job. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to, uh, to chat and have some laughs at the same time. We are big on laughs on the Get My Job podcast, so I'm glad to hear that for sure. We definitely like some good laughs. So I'm just going to jump right in and start. Uh, you spent time in the Air Force, which is incredible. So was it always a dream of yours to serve? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I okay. definitely, when I signed up, it was definitely by happenstance that was I just happened to take the ASVAB to get out of class and the recruiter called me and started talking and um, he didn't really have to say too much. Um, I was kind of convinced and I look back on it now and it was kind of like the start of me um, practicing my servant leadership skills that I feel like I've kind of grown over the years and kind of was the start to what I'm doing now. And so you, you talked about your leadership skills can you talk a little bit about the skills like that that you learned while you served and how you could incorporate them into what you are doing now? And then uh, that will take us right into our next question is I want you to tell everyone about the Winning Edge Leadership Academy. But let's start with those skills and then we'll go into that. I think like the biggest thing that I got from my military service and kind of was at the foundation for who I am now is just like never leave uh, a man behind. And as I progressed in my career, I've always wanted to make sure that I wasn't, you know, especially as a, a woman of color, it was always a case, or not always, but most cases when working in sports and entertainment, the only person in the room that looked like me. And so as I was climbing the ladder, what was I doing to help um, my community? And ever since then, I've kind of always put that into practice, whether I was in the military, whether I was at Tennessee with um, uh, women's basketball or wherever, I kind of kept that same mentality. It, it translated very easily and really kind of was a spark plug 
to the Winning as Leadership Academy and what we do and not wanting to leave anybody behind by removing barriers for them to achieve uh, success in the industry. So can you talk a little bit about the Winning Edge Leadership Academy? What inspired you? Yeah. And uh, tell us about your mission. And we'll kind of go backwards to let everybody know how you got there. But let's start with, with where you are today. Yeah, so we are a nonprofit. The Winning Edge Leadership Academy is a nonprofit. And I like to say social movement now that I started with Maria Taylor from ESPN. And like I said, we really just wanted to um, remove obstacles for women and minorities um, who had a desire to work in sports in, in the sports entertainment industry. And we focus mainly on student athletes, um, being both being student athletes, and we just saw that there was a gap in experience and, and network, and we wanted to kind of combine our strengths, um, you know, the network and the charm together to see how we can do uh, how we can help. And it's been something that. Um, motivated me to leave my job at ESPN to do full time to dedicate a lot more energy and passion and and get more people involved in our movement and it's been so fruitful to be able to you know my background I thought I was going to be a coach you know so I um it's another way of me being able to use those skills and seeing someone progress in a professional career has been such a joy to witness. So before we go further into that, I want to go back to something you just said. You thought you were going to be a coach, which I think is a perfect yeah. Um, Yay. So how you got there? Because you've done a lot of really incredible things. But let's start with the coaching and think you're going to be a coach. I have a family member who uh, was an assistant basketball college basketball coach for a while. My brother and he decided to move into other things. So I just more more about your experience and how you transitioned forward once you were done with coaching. Yeah, I mean, I started coaching when I was stationed in Germany, coaching the base uh, high school JV team and the softball team. And I really got into it was something, you know, to do other than working when you're on base. And I enjoyed being with the the students and everything. And I just I don't know. It was, I didn't like grow up thinking I wanted to be a coach, but mm-hmm. it was so, I like to be busy. and I like to help people. And it was a kind of a way for me to, to do that. And as I started to win. I felt good, and I was like, okay, I could do this. Um, so winning always I, feels good. <laughs> yes, winning always feels good. So when I left the military, I kind of had the opportunity to work in Bemidji, at Bemidji State with their athletic department, and kind of when you're at a D2 school, you wear many hats. So I was able to be a student assistant with women's basketball and work in media relations, and I was like, okay, cool. I think I'm going to do the coaching thing. I like that more. And got to Tennessee, I was like, if I'm going to learn how to be a coach, I'm going to go learn from the winningest coach in history. But perfect, I'm going to get is going to be a silver spoon is going to be great. And I realized soon after that that 1% that a lot of us strive for when we enter into coaching, you know, that's not realistic anymore when it comes to the loyalty that schools have or the coaches have, like, I'm assuming if Coach K started coaching today, he wouldn't last at Duke more than three years. You know, you, mm-hmm. if you're not winning, you know, you're not, you don't stay very long. Or if a big, bigger check comes along, you, you chase that. So I didn't want to live that life. And I didn't want to live a life where some 19-year-old tweeted something at 2 o'clock in the morning, I could lose my job. <laughs> I think that's a very fair point. And I, I'm really glad you've made it up a little separate from, the, or that you brought it up, not made it up, that you brought it up 
a little separate from this podcast, but it's just something I want to point out. So much of these things are beyond our control and beyond the control yeah. of people. And especially in college, you are very much often on the whims of kids make mistakes and that's understandable. But yeah. Right, if, yeah. A, if a kid makes a mistake, all of a sudden you could lose your job. Yeah. And I was like, mm, that's okay. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think, I think it, I, be, being at Tennessee, you know, one of the things that passed me that's always stuck with me is I use them for four years. I expect them to use me for the rest of my life. And that really was like, okay, this is a, a real lifelong commitment to these kids. When she recruits them, she tells their parents, she, you know, she's going to make them a whole woman. And she really lives by that. And I really admired that about her because it wasn't just words. It wasn't just things that she said to, to get clicks. They didn't do clicks back then, but, um, you know, mm-hmm. like 100% graduation rate was a real thing for her um, and her staff and decisions that she made. You know, if you have a chemistry final and we have practice, go do study for the final, you know, like mm-hmm. it was more than just a game for her. And I want to be able to share that message with um, the next generation. I'm glad that you said that too, because this, she is winning this, winning his coach in college basketball, yeah. women's college basketball history. And to put the well being of the students first, of her players first, academics, and that just goes to show you really can do both if you make that part of your message and, and part of who you are and part of the culture of a team. I think that's really incredible. Definitely. And it works for her. And I think it helps in both ways. You know, if the parents think, okay, my baby's going to come in here and get a degree, you're going to get those players that help you win. So it always works out for you. 100%. Oh, I'm glad you shared that with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So you end up at ESPN producing major events. Uh, Is that where you met Maria Taylor? Yeah, it was. Well, I think we probably crossed paths when she was doing the CSSB early in her career, mm-hmm. um, doing the Lady Vols game. But um, she got to Charlotte in the SEC network when it first launched about two years or a year after I did. And um, two Georgia girls, you know, we don't live too far apart from each other here in Georgia. And it's like um, we had the same values and, and we just really enjoyed collaborating and working well together so um it was it was it was a matter of time it wasn't gonna be long before we worked together to create something like this and I think we've done an amazing job and it really just started from a a text conversation during bowl during bowl season I'm in the I'm in Boca Raton with the first uh the inaugural Boca Raton Bowl and I think she's in like New Mexico or something like that and we're just talking and I was teaching at a Johnson C. Smith and HBCU in Charlotte, and I just realized so many of my students in sport management who are juniors and seniors, you know, they want they want to work in sports. They want to be the next LeBron James agent or something like that. But you know, they hadn't had any intern experience. You know, when I was at ES uh, at Tennessee, there were kids who had been in the athletic department since they were freshmen. So now my students at Johnson C. Smith. They're four years behind their peers, and they haven't even graduated yet. And I was like, how can we change that? Everybody's talking about diversity and inclusion and all this stuff, but what are we really doing? And so we just started to do little things like, okay, our office is hosting ACC Media Day. We're going to make sure we get some kids from Johnson C. Smith there. Okay, they're doing ACC Media Day. Like, 
how often can we get our students in the building? Because uh, once they're in there, they're now they're a part of the database. So now they mm-hmm. get other opportunities and they start. And so it was just little things and like she's bringing them with her to games or the SEC network. Wherever I'm going, I'm bringing a couple. You know, I'm going on a road trip back to a home game at Tennessee. Here are four kids, contact Tennessee, and they basically spend the whole game day with them, like inter- like basically shadowing one person, you know. Um, every So I bring four kids. They shadow four industry professionals. Think about that network building. Mm-hmm. And it's like the little things that we started to do that really create a movement. We really want to show, like, you don't have to build a school in Africa or write a $2 million check to make a difference. Sometimes it could just be your time and energy that could change the trajectory of a young professional. That is, uh, that's a great thing to say. You're right. It's sometimes it's your time and energy and that's what it is. Giving your time, giving someone that extra boost, paying attention. And that makes all the difference in the world. So if you could tell us a little bit with the winning edge leadership Academy, when did you guys start? I mean, of course I know all this, but I want our listeners to know it too. And I want our guests to share their passion, but when did you start and really, how have you grown over uh, the last several several years? Well, we're celebrating our fifth year anniversary Ooh, this year, January 29th. Fantastic. So, Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Thank you. It's kind of like, oh, this is real. Okay. So cool. You know, five years um, legit. But, That's real. <laughs> I know. I know. So, you know, we started out our first two years when we were in Charlotte as a mentoring academy um, for mainly students from um, the Johnson C. Smith. And we had a what's Maria, she, her career started to take off and getting on college game day. Um, we took a year off to kind of take a look at our approach and our programming. And we came back in 2018 with the Game Changing Retreat, which is a four-day professional development experience for student-athletes. So it's like super intense, like all the things they miss out on because of practice or games or whatever, we like cram into four days and we wrap it in a nice package of um, network building and peer mentoring. And um, we really support them. So it's not just you come to these four days and we wish you luck. Like we provide um, enrichment trips. So if you come to the retreat, you know, and you want to go to the NACSA conference or you want to see, um, what the final four is like or shout out somebody nba we provide grants for them to go um, to those um, trips and meet people um so we've done that usually uh, the retreat is 16. so uh, last year in atlanta we did the retreat again with another 16 in addition to a two-day workshop in beverly hills which i as a georgia girl being in Beverly Hills, I was like, oh, this is how, I guess the real hot dogs of Beverly Hills is real. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, um, and just starting to, it's a it's a mini retreat. It's not as intense. They don't like stay over camp like we do for the retreat, but it's still like an intense experience. And we partnered with Endeavor. We use their building and their personnel to really provide some um, meaningful career development in addition to like, I kind of call it like pop-up development, where like one year I shadowed Maria on her game day schedule. And every time it was announced college game day was coming to your city, I was reaching out to the athletic department to see if we could engage with their student athletes. So um, we've kind of just 
do the things and meet the student athletes where they are to provide meaningful professional development. And we've seen our, obviously like a lot of that is measured in our followers and stuff, but we've really been able to grow our impact by um, our game changers is what we call them, our great advocates for us. Um, and we're continually, or we continuously try to create meaningful impact whether it's providing professional headshots at Georgia State Career Fair or um, doing media training with Georgia men's basketball. So there are two things you said in there that I want to go back to. Uh, the first being, because I think it's really, it's important for our listeners, because this, as you know, this podcast is for women who are working in sports and who want to work in sports. There are a couple things there. First, you said you took a year off to really kind of evaluate what you guys were doing and see any changes that need to be made. And I think that's important because I think it's important sometimes, and it's hard for us to do it, especially in today's world, to take a step back back and say, is this working? And some people may not be able to take a full year to do that, but I think it still shows the importance of taking that step back and saying, is what I'm doing working? Can I be improving? Do I need to pivot? Do I need to make some changes? And I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit about that for our listeners? I mean, I think right now we're definitely in the season of pivoting, you know? Yes, that's for sure. And I, I feel like that year off prepared us for the pivot that we made this summer or this spring as well. And I don't know, had I not done it before, if I would be as comfortable doing it, because this is a scary thing. Like if your mind is set on, this is what I'm going to do and how, what it's going to look like and how to get there. And now oh, plans change. It may be, demotivates you if that's a word unmotivates yeah, I you i think it is Demo- yep. i think demotivates you is a word uh, well it is now okay. we're going with it, it demotivates you you're not as motivated to to push through those uh, through that adversity um and i think it was good I like to talk to a lot of people. So I, that year, I just spent a lot of time like talking to on-campus administrators about their programming and different people in the um, conference offices about what we could do to supplement what's already on campus. Because that's really big for us. We don't want to come in and say, we could do it better than you, Texas Tech. No, it's like, okay, this is what you're already doing on campus. You know, some donors spending millions of dollars to build this building where you can do all these awesome things. How can we enrich that or enhance their experience on campus? What kind of things can we do um, to help them build their network and, and um, build their resume or whatever? So it was good, like taking that time off. It wasn't like I wasn't working or things weren't happening for the winning edge. It was a lot of just like just like any big company, research and development. You know, how long does Apple phone sit on the shelf before it was released the first time, you know? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And actually, before I get to the second thing I was going to ask you, you brought up a good point. Again, you're, you bring up a lot of very good points. Uh, we, we I are, think to do that. Well, Somebody if, should pay me. I know, right? I'll see, <laughs> see if I know anybody that you can talk to about that. Um, yeah. Do, you talked about now is the ultimate pivot time, and you're right. So during this time, how have you managed to stay calm, stay balanced, keep those that you're working with the same way and pivot what you guys are doing because obviously you can't be doing these in-person events. Yeah, it was, it's been interesting. I've been on this leadership journey of mine on like, um, I want to be the best leader I can be to lead our, our organization forward. And I think it's been 
the biggest thing for me has been transparency. And we're ha- we just engaged a super, super exciting advisory committee. And I'm like, okay, I could easily, it took us two years to even get to this point. I could easily like disengage with them because we're not doing the things that I thought we would be doing um, and kind of just like let it fizzle out. But instead, I had open conversations with them about like, how can we utilize this time to, to help us really come back. I, I've been using the analogy like post-prison Gucci. Okay. Um, so like, <laughs> if That's you know funny. anything, I'm, I'm from Atlanta. And if you know anything about Gucci, when he went to jail, he looked one way. And when he came out, he had eight abs and a wife. And you're <laughs> like, okay now. So <laughs> that is, that's our goal coming out of, of this COVID-19 is like, we're going to come out looking stronger and better than ever and I think it's so exciting and I'm excited actually I don't know I mean I don't know if excited is a word but I am glad to know that we don't we aren't doing the things that we were going to do because now there's less distractions to focus on our program development and doing some things that we haven't had the time to do because we've been just go go going you know we've been living out of a suitcase in a sense so how do we, now that we're in Atlanta, how do we establish our roots? How do we, we know how to build these small clusters of a network all over the country, but how do we build a, a, a nice thick cluster here in Atlanta that can help us um, across the country? Is there anything that you can share with us that will be launching or will be developed further when this is done, or is it still all in those stages? Um, I think like the biggest thing that we have always struggled with is like, it's great. We do these conferences and we engage and we have these centers of influences that build their network, but we're still not seeing them in the industry or lasting long in the industry. And so what good is all of this if the industry isn't changing? So we looked at how do we how are we providing opportunities for experience and resume builders and things that help, especially with the student athletes, again, they're not, they don't have the opportunity when they're a junior to understand how to do an internship, do a presentation kind of stuff. So really looking at uh, this, this term I love is called a micro internship and it's, it's perfect. They are project-based, internships. So instead of like trying to bring somebody on for three months during the summer or for a year and investing a ton of resources um, and finances into someone who, you know, the goal of an intern is to for to potentially hire them. And now like it's all about culture fit and all these things. And if you don't really, if you're not getting a chance to see diverse talent in that space, because I definitely believe in the internship complex is is for the privileged. If my uncle or my dad can say, oh, my son wants to work at ESPN, they know somebody at ESPN. My mom, I told her I want to work in sports. She said, nowhere in the Bible did it say Jesus played. So I wasn't getting any help <laughs> from my mom. <laughs> that's very, that's, a, that's actually a great line, though. <laughs> yeah. So what are we doing to bring uh, awareness to a diverse talent pool, getting um, the employer the opportunity to see um, uh, potential candidates' skills and if they fit in the culture without having to invest too many resources. So really looking forward to um, partnering with an organization called Parker Dewey to create these micro-internships and 
and get that launched. And I think it's going to be something that is super powerful for what, um, what we're trying to do and will complement a lot of our programming and, and a lot of the things that we're saying when it comes to removing barriers for women and minorities in the industry. And that takes me a little bit back to what I was going to say earlier. You you talked a lot about, obviously, student athletes and that the majority of people you work with are student athletes. And I just wanted to bring up a point that I think we forget. There's that commercial, you know, there's that NCAA commercial, and I'm not even sure if it's still Oh, airs, my goodness. But the one where the one yeah. we are – we are most of us go pro in something other than sports. And yeah, yeah. I think what you're doing is really important. I went to the University of Michigan and I was friends with a number of athletes and I saw for some of them that were that would graduate also in sports that just you aren't necessarily going pro. And these Definitely. were people who their whole lives were about athletics and then when they graduated going into to quote unquote normal jobs and the transition of that and how difficult that is. So I think what you're doing is really important, just helping, helping student athletes to transition and to work in a world they want to work in. So I think that it's just fantastic yeah. what you're doing. Well, um, actually today, I, I'm not sure when this will air, but we are actually have a Ronica Stone. She's our intern this quarter. She plays volleyball at Oregon, like super beast, like Pac-12 freshman of the year, like elite eight, like dad has played in NFL 13 years, brother plays football at Washington State, sister throw at Oregon, like super athletic family. She's going to play overseas, but with the COVID-19, there's no real movement, and mm -hmm. she's doing an internship to graduate, and we are launching an IG live series over the next five weeks where um, she gets to talk to former student athletes about their transition and she called it to the, in, into the real world. And it's called what's next with Ronica. And this kind of just goes back to like our intentionality. So it's like Ronica, we first met Ronica when um, Stanford played Oregon for game day two years ago. Mm -hmm. Maria was doing the um, and re I reached out to the athletic department and say, Hey, this is an opportunity. We'd love to see you get involved. Ronica, was brought to us and we put her to work she made she got coffee you were getting stats you were like doing the grunt work and she's going to practice in between or training um but she really stuck with it kept in touch with us the last two years um and so it's exciting to see the progress of our impact uh, like she came to one of our dinners in santa clara um and for college football playoffs she even brought her brother we got him professional headshots um they got so every time we've um had impact or had a touch point with her has had impact and um to have her now be our intern and complete a class project that also kind of helps her prepare for that transition um i think it's like you can't even get better than that we're hoping that it uh, prepares her for for her um for her journey because it's like so funny sometimes like just they, I mean, they go to class, they do all the things, but like the little things that you think they know, they don't know. And it's mm -hmm. like, she's so used to being successful on the court and being the best and putting in the hard work that like now it's a struggle not being the best or not knowing the answer. And it's like, I have to really relate it back. Like, it's just like practice. Like you didn't wake up and just start spiking on people crazy. You know, like right. you had to get your hops up. You had to learn the technique. You had to do all these things. So um, again, us putting our money where our mouth is with intentional 
um, and meaningful um, development and just staying true to who we are um, while always providing opportunities. The more we can provide opportunities, the more um, their skill set grows and the more um, people are aware, like, again, the smallest things you can do um, could really change someone's life. And that was an excellent analogy. You're right. She didn't wake up spiking like perfect. And that's true no. for everyone. You know, it's, it's true for right. everyone in all of our careers. It does take development and learning because you don't wake up with just those skills. You do have to learn them and experience them. And sometimes you have to fail to get better. Mm, and, to learn. Yes. and that's just, that's an important thing. Do you find actually with your student athletes that that's very difficult because they're so used to succeeding that when they're transitioning to something else, if there are moments of failure, do you find that it's more difficult for them? Yes. And it's funny because they're usually, I mean, I, they can push through adversity. Like if their coach is yelling at them, they can push through that. If they're tired, they can push through that. If they're hurt, they can push through that. But like not looking the best or not being the best is like so hard for them. And they'd rather struggle in silence in most cases than speak up and say, I need help. Mm-hmm. And how do you, um, and how do you help them speak up? I hit them all. I'm like, what do you need? How can I help you? Like anytime, a lot of our professional development is done by a village. So we introduce them a lot of times to other uh, to other professionals who like, they, they just are down with the cause. Um, and they'll answer a phone call here or there or an email here or there. And we're like, use the network. Like we don't expect, you don't know how to create a social media graphic for a brand. Like, you know, we don't expect you to know that right away. So take that time to learn it, just like how you had to learn that technique on the court. Um, and just like repeating it. I, at first, I wasn't, I struggled with that um, because I was like saying it once or making assumptions. And I realized it just wasn't, a lot of times, you know, a coach or somebody has structured their whole day. So that's mm -hmm. what they're used to as well. Um, and then like, they're just, they don't believe that it's okay to ask questions. So just like really drilling it over and over again. You're not on the island. You're not by yourself. Like you're doing great. Like you're confident. Like Ronica has so many other attributes that make her amazing that she just takes same, that same energy and puts it into um, to being confident when it comes to the professional stuff. She would be amazing. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. Who are some of the people that have inspired you in your career? Um, I think it's it's always, I mean, almost everybody. Like, I've never really, I'm, I'm, I take relationships very serious, and even the simple interactions very serious is another thing I got from Pat. Um, no matter where we went, um, anytime a fan spoke to her, she made that fan like, feel like they were the only person in this arena. 
um, and she devoted like her energy to what they're saying, and she did it with her plays. She did that with her staff, um, and so I've been able to do that along my career. Uh, my base commander, whoever, the first person who ever believed in my leadership and recommended me for the Air Force Academy. Now he's a secretary of the Air Force and we exchange notes and it's just like, he's somebody that um, inspired me because he was the first one to believe in my leadership. You know, obviously um, my mentors from Tennessee, there's there are people that I'm forever grateful for. And a lot of those people now are at Georgia Tech and I became a season ticket holder just to show show up for them all the time. They showed up for me. Um, so, like, uh, Mickey DeMoss, Big Boss DeMoss, he's just awesome. And I like to remind people a lot that she's a five-time champion and, and a Hall of Famer. So, um, but, uh, you know, I always tell people, too, like, peer, peer mentors are people. And, obviously, Maria and I, we exchange a lot of ideas and we collaborate and we push each other. And sometimes it's good um to have that to have somebody that makes you uncomfortable that pushes you a little bit past your limits to get to be the best and i appreciate that so much about our relationship i don't know if i would have left espn to do the winning edge full time if i didn't have that boost from her to say just do it you know mm-hmm. um i i did also want to be the next condoleezza rice so her journey is a big part of like I was like, she's going to own a football team, and I am too, and all these things. Um, but she's doing it in different ways. So I've always just tried to stay true to um, people, outsiders, usually, mm-hmm. within whatever they're doing, because that's always kind of been how I felt in most of my settings and how they maneuver. Um, so literally anybody and everybody is someone that can inspire me. I've learned so much from just random conversations with people. And if you could give our listeners one piece of advice for starting a career in sports, what would it be? Don't say no, unless it's like crazy. But um, <laughs> like, uh, every, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but like every opportunity is an opportunity. And I think a lot of times um, when early starting out, it's a lot of that comparison game. Like I see so-and-so on social media and they're doing it this way. And when you're starting out, you're like, if I'm not doing that, then I'm not winning. Or if I don't have an opportunity like that. And a great example is we get a lot of people who want to be in broadcast journalism that reach out to us. And it's like they're always waiting for that big name brand to validate that they're good. Like they want to work for ESPN. That's the only time that they're going to do whatever they can do. And it's like it's so easy and free to make content yourself. You've got to get reps. Like if you just graduated – and you think you're going to step out and ESPN's going to be like, yes, you are amazing. We're going to hire you and pay your travel and put you up in an apartment. Like, no, girl, that don't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's those girls and those guys who've been building their brand. You know, maybe they started a blog and when, when they're in college or maybe they do their own podcast. What are you doing now to get yourself reps? Knock out all those kinks. Um, learning, building your network, and that's an opportunity that most people say no to because it's too much work. I got somebody else, they want somebody else to invest in their future, and it's like, you have to invest in your future first. And it's always going to be so much work, and I think that's what people forget. And the more skills you have and the more you can do, the more chance that you're going to get those 
those big opportunities. But even when you're on ESPN, there may be things that, of course, you don't have to worry about, but you've got to prepare and you've got to be ready and no one else can do that for you. So it's important right. to get, like you said, get those reps early on. And it's such a, it's such a good analogy because especially if you're working with student athletes, cause it is the same thing. Like you, it goes back to what you said earlier, Ronica didn't wake up one day, just able to spike the ball the way she can. That is right. reps. And that's true of life. It's true of sports. And I think that's excellent, excellent advice. Yeah. I always say too, like closed mouths don't get fed. Mm-hmm. And, and if somebody's ready to feed you, you can't be like, oh, you know what? Actually, I don't like that. Like, if you're reaching out to somebody to get some advice and they're like, yeah, you can come um, to the set and pour coffee, you're going to be like, sure, decaf or uh, um, honey nut hazel, you know? Like, you got to be re- willing to to kind of do the things that you can't maybe post on Instagram and get a lot of likes for this was long before Instagram, but I used to work uh, at Fox Sports when they had a number of cable channels. I was an intern there, and they were looking for someone. So this was quite some time ago. They were looking for someone to work on Saturdays on their MLB on Fox. And I loved baseball and everyone. And they came up to me one day, and they were like, hey, we hear you're a big baseball fan, and you like baseball. Would you be interested in working with us on Saturdays for MLB on Fox? And I mean, I, that's all they needed to say. It's like, absolutely. Right, like, right. Great. We need you here at 6 a.m. on Saturday. It's like, great. Can't wait. See you then. And it right. really helped because I loved doing it. And I also built a lot of relationships that I still have today and that have been incredibly helpful and beneficial today, not just work-wise, but personally in helping me grow as a person and just getting advice for starting Fangirl. And so it is very important you take every opportunity. Like you said, unless it's crazy, but you take every opportunity right. and you just say yes. And yes. You know, that's I think it's very important to do that. And I think that's that has literally been like the um the catalyst for Ronica is like she literally never says no. Um like and that's so great. She may not know how to do it yet, but she gonna at least put herself in the position to learn how to do it. And she shadowed Holly Rowe. When she's come, she's uh, Oregon. Uh, they produced a show with her where she got to interview student athletes, and this is all things that have happened after you know we started to push her and and let her realize that she has the ability. Um, you just need to ask for it, and so she and she never said no. Like she was gonna be hosting like the student athlete awards, like all these things happened because they would come to her and ask her, and she was like, sure. And then call us like, okay, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and that's yeah. okay. And that's okay. And that's why that's when you yeah. reach out to your network for sure. Yes. She's good about it. So we she was actually supposed to go to the final four this year in New Orleans. Um, and we're super excited about it. But now she's getting to do her own IG series. Um, so it it worked out. That's fantastic. That sounds like a great series. Yeah. Check that out for sure. Yes. You should she she got she booked JJ Reddick. Oh my goodness, that's amazing! I know because she she's just an amazing person, and I'm like, girl, you see what I'm saying? If you just put a little mustard on it, it's gonna be great. Yep, that's that's really awesome. Good for her. We will definitely yeah definitely check that out. And when does that when does that launch? So we're announcing it today on Wednesday, April 29th. Okay. Uh, and the first episode will be Thursday. Um, the 30th 
um, okay, so at same, 3 and 3.30 Eastern. Fantastic. This this podcast will go live on Thursday the 30th, which is we're recording oh, today on the 29th. So it'll go live. Yes, and yes. so our, our, uh, our listeners can check it out. That's fantastic. Yep. Well, every Tuesday and Thursday, the next five weeks. Great. Fantastic. Fantastic. We will Yay. Check it out I sure. just plugged her. I'm going to tell her she's freaking out. Oh, and good. Like, we'll it's going to be fine. Yeah. Oh, I think it'll be, I think it'll be awesome. Well, yeah. Before, awesome. Awesome. Well, before we let you go and say goodbye, it is time for yeah. one of my favorite parts of the episode, which is five fun facts. Uh, every week we ask every guest the same five fun facts, which has been awesome because we get very different answers every time, which is super cool. Uh, so if you are ready, we are going to just rattle right through them. Yes, I'm ready. All right. What is your favorite moment in sports? My favorite moment in sports. Does it have to be like uh, like a national thing or it could be like nope. a personal thing? Uh, personally, whatever your okay. favorite moment is. My favorite moment is the opportunity I had to um, assist on the Armed Forces Classic in Puerto Rico. And we built uh, Louisville and Minnesota, the Patinos. They played each other on a Coast Guard base and we built it out in a hangar and it was still active and they're like saving lives. And here we are building a basketball arena for that, for Coast Guard members. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I think that that's, yes. that's pretty cool. As a veteran, it was definitely cool to see that. And I was like, um, the fact that it was like the whole family came down and they all came like, but both teams came on the same plane. Like it was just good love all the way around. I love that. That's so cool. What is your life motto? My life motto is closed mouths don't get fed. I like that. I like that one a lot. Uh, do you have a go-to workout? Yes, I paddleboard with my dog. Oh, that's amazing. What kind of dog yeah. do you have? An American dingo. His name is Drake. Drake. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Yes. Drake I Carter the second. Drake Carter the second. That's amazing. I <laughs> love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Do you have a go-to coffee order? Uh, free. Free. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's amazing. That's that's great. We have not gotten that yet, and that's a good one. Fair. <laughs> um, that, that's going to make me laugh the rest of the day. No, just for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, that's the best coffee. I'm like, oh, is this free? Okay, let me get that. I'm not spending $7 for whatever you're about to put in there. That's fantastic. Uh, and... Last but not least, what is a book every woman should read? A book that makes sense for them. Fair enough. That's it. I don't have a title because I there are people sometimes we assume like every oh every this relates to every woman. It's like nah, it doesn't, and that's okay. We're monolithic. I like that. We're not monolithic. We're not monolithic. We're not yeah. monolithic. I knew I knew what you meant, yeah. but. Good yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I don't want the, I don't want your there. listeners to think I don't know words. I already made up one word this episode. I don't need to start doing the most. No, I think demotivated is still a word. I'm still going with it for okay. sure. Perfect, <laughs> um, perfect. Kareen, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a lot of fun, and I am just was so excited to learn more about what you're doing. I think it is really fantastic. Awesome. Thank you for 
um, inviting me on and, and giving the Winning Edge the platform to share what we try to do because it's important and anybody can do it. We want pe- we want to inspire other organizations and individuals to do this. So um, thank you so very much. I really appreciate it, and I know our Game Changers appreciate it as well. Absolutely. And if you guys like what you heard today, and I know that you did, Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And also don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network for all the latest news and updates from the sports world and beyond. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Goodbye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 